Don't turn it off now. You need this stuff. Tampa Bay's Tantalk Radio Network. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hey guys, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio Cars, and you know I dig stuff out of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a shop in town specializing in vintage, retro, mid-century collectibles. Everything from toys, games, pinball machines, video games, fashion items, TV lunch boxes, slot cars, models, and more. Bobby, what's the name of that store? The, the Cool Shop. Shop. Yes, located at 9265 Seminole Boulevard in Seminole, Florida. Give them a shout, 727-201-9489. TheCoolShop.com. The Hi, this is Tim Del Toro. And I'm Lou Angel Wolf, and we are the Grease Gurus. Our show is broadcast every Saturday morning live at WTAN Tan Talk Radio 1340. That's 10 o'clock every Saturday morning for an automotive forum that is flavored with humor and insight. We encourage you to call in and be part of the Grease Gurus show. We'd love to have you, and we will certainly help you find your inner grease. This show is sponsored by Tim's Performance Service Center and beautiful Tarpon Springs at 906 Verona Place. And you can reach us personally at 727-543-1601. Aha. On an old abandoned airfield, mighty craft of days gone by, stand a challenge to the future on the land as in the sky. Time goes by and as it passes, knowledge grows and standards rise, and the new in engineering must be proven, must be tried. So on this abandoned airfield comes the final toughest test. Here the finest come to battle and the victories to the best. Yes, victory to the best for only the best here at Sebring. This twisting five-mile course is the biggest challenge to sports cars on the American continent. Conditions equal to the toughest road race with twisting left and right turns are reproduced on this airport. If you want to prove your car, this is the course that can do it in the toughest 12 hours in international competition. Each year, 65 of the finest cars made anywhere in the world come to Sebring by invitation only for testing before the eyes of thousands. Jaguar of England is represented by a team of four special D-type racing cars. The Maserati factory of Italy has entered four cars of new and advanced design. Ferrari of Italy has countered with four machines more than 400 horsepower each. An abandoned hangar on the Sebring course houses the American-made entries. A team made up of four Corvettes now getting final adjustments. Corvette number two has been modified to improve high-speed handling. Corvette number one, a new machine from the ground up, is as yet untested. There's been time for only limited practice. The real test will be the race itself. The production Corvettes are rolled to the pit area as practice ends to wait for the 12 hours that will pack a thousand miles into a half a day. Race day. Rolling to the starting line for the longest race in the United States. Only a few minutes to zero hour. The cars are lined up in front of the pit area. Using a Le Mans type start, the drivers will stand facing their machine. On the signal, they will dash to the cars, start them, then roar away in a scramble for the first lap position. The countdown begins 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. There's the gun, and the drivers dash to their cars. First flight is on its way and under the bridge for the beginning of 12 long hours.
Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hi, this is Vic Elford, probably best known as being an original rally driver and one of the first to actually tame the Porsche 917. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuning into Nostalgia Radio and Cars. I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studio. Don't forget to check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. If you've missed any of our past shows, be sure and visit Nostalgic Radio and Cars, the archive page, where you can listen to all of our past 300 and some odd shows. Good evening, Bobby. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I was texting before the show started because I was actually trying to correspond with a listener. So... Fortunately, uh, I can text and radio show. Text and broadcast. Text and broadcast at the same time. So uh, obviously you don't do this when you drive. But I did uh, I did delay for a second there. You almost caught me uh, napping at the it, wheel there. It's, it's, yeah, it's not good with radio. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, so would you like to do the social media hunters while I'm social media and media here? Sure. sure. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Periscope, LinkedIn, at Nostalgic Radio and Cars, at NRC On Air, and Instagram is at Gulfstream Motorsports. That's the one. Okay. Hey, let me give you guys an update of what's going on this weekend. Now, if you want to find out all the stuff, obviously you can go to speedcultureapp.com. Tell you about all the car shows, car shows, car shows going on. And the uh, floridacarshows.com. Now, here's the deal. We, uh, we're we friends with all those guys, okay? Floridacarshows.com has pretty much got all the, let's just say the flip phoners on there. And Speed Culture's got the, uh, let's see, how do I say this? He's politically? laughing all the way down the road. He's this. laughing all the way down the road. It's got the, the, the tuner crowd. And uh, this past weekend, they had a big car show that Jeff went to, Ice, Ice Jeffy went to in uh, Orlando called Clean Culture, which was not necessarily our style of a show because uh, it's more of the younger crowd that's kind of like into the tuners and stuff like that. And again, we respect everybody that has cars, obviously, but, you know, it's just that our style is more the older cars. And uh, and that place, I looked at some pictures of it, it was packed in. So Yeah, you have more room in the... Yeah, you can, I mean, you can stretch your your arm out farther in the production room than. Uh, yeah, really. I mean, you know, one of the things we talk let's talk about car shows for a little bit because this weekend, real quick, is because it's the third side of the month. Is the the the, the Dupont Cars and Coffee is uh, down here at the headquarters. That's uh, Saturday morning. Like, get there at six if you want to get a parking spot. The Village just has their deal this weekend, so uh, Bobby and I might take a run up to uh, the Village just to Lake County. So, a big shout out to those guys up there. While I'm talking about Lake County, how about a big shout out to our affiliate station up there, WQBQ, the voice of Lake County. Yep. It's just cool up there. I like Tavares. Did I say it right? Tavares. 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 Okay, Tavares. And tomato, uh, tomato. Tomato, tomato, right. And uh, you've got, um, uh, uh, no, what do you got up there? you got Lake Eustace, you got Lake Harris, you've got Mount Dora, Lake well, Dora. Well, welcome Central Florida, because you reach all the way to yeah. Orlando. So, uh, yeah, well, hi, Orlando. Yeah, hi, Orlando. Welcome to Central Florida. And a big shout-out to Dennis and uh, James up there. At WQBQ, 1410, the voice of Lake County. At any rate, so the Village is this weekend. In fact, if there's a number of things going on. They've actually got a thing in Leesburg, and I think it's Cars Under the Stars. That's kind of cool. I think that's this weekend, too, somewhere in Leesburg. And I think Plant City's got their car show the third Saturday of the month. That's a pretty good event. It's downtown, takes up the whole thing. And uh, so there's a lot of car show stuff going on this weekend. And then uh, what else is this weekend? Um, no, 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 no. Nothing besides that. And then next weekend is the Walter Mitty up in Atlanta. So go visit HSR, our friends at Historic Sports Car Racing. Are you saying uh, we're out of car, car shows? No, we're never out of car shows. There's okay. so many car shows. There's like really a lot of car shows, you know. I mean, they have the regular ones. That there's Thursday night. There's the Friday night. There's the Wednesday nights. You know, they're all over the place. So if you go to Speed Culture and if you go to FloridaCarshows.com, you can find out where all the car shows all around the state. In Which, Tampa Bay, Central Florida, no matter where you're listening here. That's exactly right. And um, let's see what else is. Uh, I think that's it as far as car shows and stuff like that. But anyway, so let's just talk about the car shows in general. And uh, like when you go, we, we, we had... Uh, this past weekend, we went to Fun and Sun, right, over there at uh, the air show at uh, Linder. No, it's, um, what's Linder? Uh, Lakeland Linder Airport is yeah. what it's called now, as yeah. heard on this station. As heard on this station. Okay, and that is what, Polk County, right? Yes. we got to get these counties right because, you know, we're, uh, so we're. I don't know, there's a wildfire in just about every one of them except this one, Vanellis. <laughs> well, Hernando doesn't have one, do they? There's no wildfire going on up there in Lake mm, County. They had one, I think. They had uh, one? Okay. Well, at any rate, so, uh, yeah, so we went over to that. That was pretty cool. Uh, we got a chance to see some pretty, pretty, pretty far out 
aerobatics and uh, the blue angels were flying around they had a lot of little biplanes they had a guy in the glider uh, but the thing that's pretty impressive is we were on that uh what was that thing called c-137 and that was a huge plane and that that's a flying can of whoop ass that's kind of what we called it basically because it was pretty impressive so you know they can get a tank in there a spare set of hummers in there uh, not to mention about 42 guys that uh like to jump out of airplanes at about uh 25 30,000 feet with uh, little little strings attached to them there was a number of military aircraft flying around there it was uh, i think it was an old vintage uh, f4 it was f-16 that they were doing some stunts with uh there's no dc-10 there i believe there might have been a mig i'm not sure but uh i'm not real familiar with uh with uh, military aircraft but uh pretty cool plus that gigantic uh transport helicopter so pretty cool stuff so my hat's off to the military big salute to those guys and we thank them for everything that they do to uh you know protect this country keep us nice and safe so big salute to the military out there at any rate so that was a pretty cool deal they had a car show there as well and that was a lot of fun. A lot of people enjoyed that. So put that on your calendar for next week. Let's see. What else is coming up here in another next month? Next year, you're going to... Oh, yeah. You, next you won't year. find ne- any cars there No, no, no. Ne- next year. Next year. Yes, yeah, right. And then uh, Riding in the History is coming up here next month. That's the big motorcycle event that we go to every year. And that's over there at... Uh, what's that? Wor- per- PGA World of Golf. Is that what it's called over there in St. Augustine? So... Uh, Anyway, Bobby got a little music queued up for us. We're going to take a little uh, music break here for a second. You're tuning into Nostalgic Radio Cars. Let me see. You're surprising me tonight. Let me guess. See if I can guess this. We'll tell you where we went when we come back. Yes. Hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio Cars. Don't touch that dial. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kirk. At the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727 501 9090. That's 727 501 9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727 501 9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Loving barbecue ribs that you have. 
Hey guys, this is Robert from Nostalgic Rating Cars, and you know I dig stuff out of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a shop in town specializing in vintage, retro, mid-century collectibles. Everything from toys, games, pinball machines, video games, fashion items, TV lunch boxes, slot cars, models, and more. Bobby, what's the name of that store? The, the Cool shop. shop. Yes, located at 9265 Seminole Boulevard in Seminole, Florida. Give them a shout, 727-201-9489. TheCoolShop.com. Hi, this is Tim Del Toro. And I'm Lou Angel Wolf, and we are the Grease Gurus. Our show is broadcast every Saturday morning live at WTAN 10 Talk Radio 1340. That's 10 o'clock every Saturday morning for an automotive forum that is flavored with humor and insight. We encourage you to call in and be part of the Grease Gurus show. We'd love to have you, and we will certainly help you find your inner grease. This show is sponsored by Tim's Performance Service Center and beautiful Tarpon Springs at 906 Verona Place. And you can reach us personally at 727-543-1601. Aha. Okay, we're back. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Yes, and I'm your show host, Robert. Hey, you know, I was just looking at the uh, CentralFloridaCarshows.com, and something else I noticed here on April 15th, aside from the Villages Car Show, over in Eltamont Springs, they have a Pontiac show, and it says, hosted by the Wide Track Warriors Pontiac Club. That's a monthly event. Huh, that's interesting. You know, you need to check out these uh, car show deals because, um, you know, whether you get got a Ford, whether you get got a Pontiac, whether you get got a Chevrolet, I think the British Car Show's got something coming up here pretty soon, too, because I think we're doing a meet-up in uh, Plantation at the, or Plantation, at the Plantation Inn in, is that Crystal River, Bobby? Oh, way out in Plantation. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's home of Sassa. Uh, yes, it's it's in Crystal River. Chris, uh, yep, yeah, they so, have a uh, website and all that good stuff. Yeah, that's right. That's coming up here. But anyway, so let's talk about uh, Celebration this past weekend. Celebration was pretty cool. But it started off with a really cool night, because the night before, we were invited to see Jay Leno. And uh, so, you know, we're used to have Jay Leno on our show. He's been on here, I don't know, three or four times, something like that. And he'll be coming on. He usually comes on once a year or so. Super nice guy. Obviously, you remember him from his late night TV show. If you watch uh, Jay Leno's Garage on Tuesday nights on CNBC with uh, Don Osborne doing his little segment, A Sus and Caress, his uh, take on uh, hey, classic cars. Did, didn't he talk on this station here? Yeah, too long yeah. Don yeah. Osborne was on our show, too. Super nice guy. And um, so anyway, but uh, here we got to see Jay Leno as a comedian. It was pretty cool. And uh, so he was just, uh, it was a different Jay Leno. He was a comedian. And then it was kind of like a throwback to, you know, in the 70s and 80s when Jay was just a stand-up. And uh, so he truly enjoys that. And he's on the road. And we wish him the best of luck and look forward to having him back on the show again. But it was an amazing, let's just say, a concert, if you will, stand-up. But uh, Robin Zander and his son were basically at the opening act for Jay Leno. And they played uh, some cheap trick songs. And that's why we played uh, that song right there. Right, Bobby? That's why. So the next day, we were uh, hanging out with uh, Jeff Ippolite. That's his name. I think I pronounced it properly right this time. And he's the, him and his brother Jim are the ones that uh, founded the Celebration Exotic Car Festival. It was an amazing event. They had the really cool car shows there. We got to take a picture with them. They had a Lamborghini Countach from the movie Cannonball Run with uh, Burt Reynolds. And also the Lamborghini Diablo with uh, Jeff, I can't think of his last name, and uh, and uh, what's his name? Carey, Jim Carey from... Uh, from uh, Doom and Doomer. <laughs> but uh, pretty cool car show. A lot of cars there. Amazing selection of Italian exotics. Just cool stuff. And they had a lot of classics there, too. They had a number of uh, Panteras there, which we kind of like because we're kind of Pantera fans. And then, of course, they had some really nice vintage cars. They had a vintage Porsche there. They had a vintage 59. It was a 60 Cadillac Eldorado Brits convertible. Very rare car. Actually, it's not called a Eldorado. It's called a Brits convertible, I think. And uh, a 60. I need to look that up. I'm not sure. Sometimes I get I just, so many cars out there, I actually get confused, if you can imagine that. Mark was there with his uh, collection of Mopars. There was also a really nice 58 Lincoln Continental convertible, a 55 Mercury convertible, countless Mustangs, Camaros, Corvettes, miscellaneous British cars, and uh, there were some hot rods, street rods, and all kinds of cool stuff. So really, there was truly something for everybody. And... Um, but uh, the Italian cars really stole the show. The exotics were there, and they had some vintage stuff. Gabe was there with his Daytona, his 1970-71 uh, uh, Ferrari Daytona. That was pretty cool. And uh, Dr. Rick Workman was there with his really very, very special um, one-off Ferrari that he had built for him, specifically by Ferrari. And uh, so and there was a, I think there was a 250 Cabriolet. But anyway, some really, really cool stuff there. So definitely put Celebration on your, uh, on your, your calendar of events 
must attend next year as well. So if you like Italian exotics. And again, like I said, if you check out some of these car show uh, websites, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. Now, let's see. What else? we got a very special guest coming on here in a few minutes. He's an older gentleman. He's an author. He's written a number of amazing books. And he's actually, if you follow the show, we've been on, we're going in May, the middle of May, the second week in May is our seventh, actually our eighth anniversary. It's the beginning of the eighth year. Because we started in 2010. Yeah, so seventh so, anniversary. Yeah, yeah, seventh anniversary. So uh, the show's been on a long time. And if you listen to our mantra, if you want to use that term, it is the most fascinating and legendary names in motorsports. And we started out really interviewing a lot of the older guys. And the reason we did that is because those are the people that, you know, they were the ones that pioneered racing in the United States or in Europe. And they're the ones that, you know, went out there. And they were basically the road race warriors, if you will, you know, and uh, a lot of them are still around and I'm very thankful to have many of them on my show. There's many of them that did not get on the show. Some of them have been on the show that are no longer with us, but just really, really fascinating, interesting people because if you follow automotive history, that's what the show is really about. It's about, you know, talking about what went on in the past. Our listening audience is pretty much 50 to 75, 80 years of age. And uh, so, you know, and these people are the guys that, you know, read the road and tracks, the motor trend magazines, the uh, sports car graphics back in the day, like myself, or even car model science. You know, a lot of us grew up, you know, building models and stuff, you know, with guys like uh, customers like Big Daddy Ed Roth and Daryl Starberg and Gene Winfield and, and George Barris and people like that. So at any rate, that's kind of what the show's about. And we always kind of reflect back on that. And we're, we're delighted to have people like that come on our show that uh, are still around and basically can share the stories because they were there. They were there. You know, I, mean, I grew up reading about it, you know, and, and now it's really cool. That's the best thing about vintage racing is when you go to vintage events, vintage racing events, you know, whether it's drag racing, whether it's road racing, many of those people are still there. They're walking around They're You know, they're, you're able to mingle with them and they're so thankful that people recognize them. I mean, they don't have attitudes. They're just really cool people. They're genuine, you know, and they love to share their stories. Now, Bobby, you want to go ahead and do the intro, and then we'll go ahead and get our special guests on, or we just Yeah, did that you point. want to hear a little Beach Boys first? Yeah, I think we should do a little Beach Boys, and then uh, we'll get our special guests on this evening. And uh, this should be pretty exciting. One of the books that he wrote was the um, Race Legends of the Fabulous 50s, and he interviewed 51 legendary race car drivers back in the day. So that's pretty cool. Hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Rating Cars, Don't Touch the Doll. Here's a little Beach Boys for you. Seems she forgot all about the library like she told her old man now. And with the radio blasting goes cruising just as fast as she can now. And she'll have fun, fun, fun till her daddy takes a T-bird away. Fun, fun, fun till her daddy takes a T-bird away. Well, the girls can't stand her cause she walks, looks and drives like an ace. You walk like an ace now, you walk like an ace. She makes the Indy 500 look like the Roman chariot race. A lot of guys try to catch her, but she leads them on a wild chase. You drive like an ace now, you drive like an ace. You have fun, fun, fun till her daddy takes a deeper away. Fun, fun, fun till her daddy takes a deeper away. Tony Curtis, vivacious Piper Laurie, and daredevil Don Taylor in Johnny Dark, reckless and thrilling in color by Technicolor. I'm just asking for a reason, that's all. Is there something wrong with the car? Let's say you didn't have the age or experience for the job. You can tell Scotty I quit. This is the story of a boy, Johnny Dark, who challenged the future, the friend he fought, the girl they both loved, the grueling, nerve-wracking competition they faced in the field of sport car building and racing. A Canada to Mexico three-day road race through forests, over mountains and deserts, bringing you thrill upon thrill as death rides with every driver. And suppose you do lose the race. Who cares? I care! 
This is Brian Redman, retired racing driver, nine times racing champion, still racing at 76, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. This gentleman has written a number of amazing books about legendary race car drivers and tracks, and I'm delighted to welcome to the show Art Evans. Art, are you there? Okay, how are you? Pretty good. So uh, I, I played that little clip there, and it was uh, about Johnny Dark, and it starred uh, Tony Curtis. And uh, let me guess, did you get a chance to see that movie back in the day when it first came out? Does that ring a bell? I'm sorry, I don't understand what you're saying. You're speaking awfully quickly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, anyway, I played uh, a little clip there um, yeah. from a movie, and it was uh, Johnny Dark, and uh, it's when he was building a race car back in the day. And I know that you, yeah. you wrote a number of books back uh, uh, over the years, over the last couple of decades, and you interviewed some, some pretty famous race car drivers. And I was just uh, curious whether that book had a, uh, any connotation to any of the drivers that you might have written books about. I don't, I don't think I ever saw the book. Oh, okay. All right, well, it was a movie. But, uh, but anyway, tell us about your book. You wrote uh, one book. It's called... Uh, Racing Legends of the Fabulous 50s, and you, uh, during... Pardon in, me? Uh, I, I didn't hear what you said. Okay, there, uh, a book that you wrote back in, uh, a few years back there, a number of years, it was called Racing Legends of the Fabulous 50s. Do you remember that, that book? Uh, yeah, it was a, um, portrait book. Okay. Of, um, different drivers, and, um, a little explanation... I think there were I don't know maybe sixty. Uh huh. I don't I don't remember and um, there it was portraits that I had taken of the drivers. Uh huh. And then a little um, on the opposite page uh, the portraits were on the right hand page and the on the left hand page was a um, a little piece about each of the drivers. Okay. Um, so some that was it. Okay, some of the drivers that were in there were notable drivers like Carroll Shelby, Ken Miles, Sterling Moss, um, Phil Hill, uh, John Fitch, yes. and uh, did you did you you wrote? All were friends of mine. Okay, and uh, what was uh, what was John Fitch like, for example? You wrote a special, you wrote a book just on him alone, didn't you? I believe. Yes, I wrote a um, kind of a biography of John, uh-huh. and. Um, he and I were close friends. Uh, I think I first met him. Well, he came out in 1954, I think, or three. I forgot which. To race at um, Riverside uh, Raceway. Right. And um, he won the race, and he won the SCCA championship. And I think I took a picture of him then. But at any rate. In the in the early '60s, he came out here to California to um, to shoot um, commercials or something. And um, I had a sailboat then, and we went sailing together because he had a sailboat too. Okay. So and then uh, then uh, when they started vintage races at Laguna Seca, right. Um, he started coming out, and he'd fly out, and I'd pick him up at the airport, and um, and then we'd uh, be together for the weekend. Okay, when you would so that pardon when you when you would write a book about uh, let's say John Fitch or Carol Shelby or something like that, what are some of the what are some of the topics that you would did you really enjoyed covering? I mean, what are some of the feature stories? I mean, how in depth do you get? Is it kind of like the uh, from beginning to the end? Is it a chronological uh, storyline of their racing career, or do you get into their personal life as well? Yeah, I get into like John's personal life. Um, for instance, uh, he was he was married to the same woman for years and years and years. But um, when he was in the army, he had a, um, or before the army, actually, he had a girlfriend. And then the, um, he married the present, his then wife. But the uh, girlfriend but got pregnant. Oops. With John. 
And then she took the baby to, uh, I think it was um, Fresno, California, and um, or one of the cities in North. Anyway, I can't remember the city. San Jose. Anyway, he would fly to San Jose, and then uh, he'd visit his family up there. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and then and then we'd drive down to Laguna Seca together and. He did that for a number of years. Okay. Let, let, anyway. let, all right. Let's let's talk about this for a little bit. Let's talk. That's in the book. That's in the book. He the, told me not to write about it. But you as wrote long it. as he was, as long as he was alive. And when he left, I wrote about uh, his life that way. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Interesting. Let me ask you a question. All the drivers that you interviewed, what is the probably the most commonality? that you found during your interviews with all the drivers? What is, uh, what's something that's unique about drivers, particularly the ones that are most successful? Give us a, kind of an idea there, if you had to draw a parallel to all the drivers. Total concentration. Total concentration, okay. And Yeah, when they were racing, yeah. Okay. They wouldn't think about anything else, just total, absolute concentration. All right. With, with their whole mind. Okay. Now, back in the in the forty, well, you know, prior to the really the seventies and eighties, I mean, drivers, you know, racing was extremely dangerous. Fitch was one of the guys that was a proponent of safety, and I know he is on record for. Inst- well, that's right. Well, the reason he was was um, in nineteen fifty-five. He was on the Mercedes-Benz team at. Um, um, Le Mans, when they crashed? Le Mans, yeah, right, when the crash happened. The crash was the the, the guy in the, the, his Mercedes, the, he, he had, at Le Mans you have two drivers and they changed off. And um, his co-driver was the guy that crashed. And um, he was sitting in the trailer with, Pierre LeVay's wife. And then they heard something happened. So John had to go and find out what it was, and he had to come back and tell Pierre's wife that Pierre was gone. It was very sad, but then he got the... uh, um, He got really totally engrossed with safety Mm -hmm. because of that crash. Okay. And then, um, among other among, among the other things, he, you know, those barrels on the freeway, right? Those are um, he. They were called Fitch inertial barriers. He invented them. They're not just barrels with water or sand or something. They got um, different sized um, pockets in them with air and something and sand in the little pockets. And when you crash into it, it it disintegrates and takes up the the motion of your car. So basically, and, uh, impact it absorbing. It saved thousands of lives. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he the patent ran out, so people would rip them off and, you know, and... Uh, but anyway, that was, I think, his most uh, contribution to everybody. Okay, very good. Um, you wrote a number of books on, on, I believe, race circuits as well, racing circuits in the United States? Pardon me? You wrote some books and you wrote some stories on uh, some of the early racetracks and early racing. In, uh, yes, I did. Yes. And... and uh, and one of them in particular was the uh, Sandberg Hill climb uh, story. And, and and take us back a little bit, because it sounds like you were there, basically, when you were younger. You pretty much got interested in racing, and you started... You no, weren't act- no, I wasn't. I was still in the Army then. Oh, you were in the Army then. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... No, I wasn't there, but I interviewed people that were... Okay, so when did you when did you start going to the racetracks? At what at, at what age and during what time? Let's see. Um, 
in the 55. Fi- okay, so 1955. What was one of the first yeah. racetracks that you went to? I went to, uh, my uncle had a, uh, a Nelson Healy and say, said, would I like to go to the races? And I said, okay. So we drove down to Palm Springs and saw the races. Okay. And I got enthralled, so I came back home and used some of my mustering out pay to buy a XK1, a used XK120 Jaguar. They weren't expensive then, used ones, or even new ones. And so the next time I went to Palm Springs, I entered the race. Oh, so you actually raced then, too? Oh, yeah. I raced all during the 50s. Oh, interesting. Okay. As an amateur. As an amateur. I knew I knew I wasn't a very good driver. I did it for to socialize. Okay. I think the 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 best I ever did was a second. But uh, at any rate, at the end of the fifties, uh, it was turning professional, and I had no no uh, desire to be a professional driver or talent. So I gave it up and. Bought a boat and went sailboat racing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So going back to the day, so when you were actually there racing and from an amateur perspective, what was yeah. a, what was it like to be able to be on the same road courses with legends like, uh, you know, John Fitch or Carroll Shelby or Ken Miles and Phil Hill and people well, like I was that? Never, I was only in the same race one time with Ken. Okay. And the, it was at... Um, Torrey Pines. At Torrey Pines, okay. And, uh, yeah, I had entered the race, and uh, I had an MG Special at the time. Okay. And so I had entered the same race with uh, with Ken. Okay. And on um, uh, Saturdays, they drew the, uh, the the starting positions just by drawing numbers out of a hat. And for some reason, I was, I, I was second... In uh, there are two rows, and I was second in one of the rows. And Ken was, and then this is the first time I had raced that MG. And anyway, Ken came up, and um, I said, "What'll I do, Ken?" And he says, "Stay out of the way." <laughs> that was the only time I raced with Ken. I never raced with any of the others that you mentioned. Okay, well, when I mean, you in the same race, I, I was the same place. Okay, that's. That's but not the same race. Okay, that that's kind of where I was going with this. So in other words, even though they had different classes and races, and then you were basically amateur, they did well, have. Well, I was in the uh, in the XK120. I was in the uh, production. Over over, there were four um, classes. Okay. Under under fifteen hundred cc, over fifteen hundred cc, production, and then the same thing in modified. Okay. Anyway, that if you. If they made less than, I don't know what it was, maybe 50 cars or something, you know, just one or two cars, they put them in modified. Uh huh. Okay, so that's that. <laughs> okay. But at the time, you know, back in the 50s, when you when you're at those racetracks, and it's, and it's probably no different now in SCCA as well. You know, you have your 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 lower end classes, and then you have your more professional. Well, the SCCA still does it for amateurs. Right. But to to be with those kind of drivers back in the day that were kind of like making a name for themselves, did those people at the time, the Phil Hills, the Carroll Shelbys, the Sterling Mosses, did they have any grasp? Did they realize how significant they were? Uh, I never was at a race with Sterling. Okay. Uh, he, uh, I, I think the only place he raced here was at the Sebring. Right. So I, I would... Uh, when I uh, sold my business and I had more money than I knew what to do with, we went to Europe every year, and um, so we'd go to England and visit Sterling. Anyway, and so we became closer friends then. Uh, he had come out here to California before, um, but not to race because he was a pro, and they uh, they didn't let pros race in those days. Okay. You mentioned Torrey Pines. Torrey Pines was what? That was like Southern California, like San Diego area? Is that where that was? Well, it's in Southern California, just north of San Diego. Okay. Now it's a golf course and a resort. During the 50s, during the 40s, it was a uh, Army training uh, base for uh, training, um, basic training. Anyway, 
an interesting story if you want one. Sure. One of the good drivers in, was a guy named John von Neumann. You ever heard of him? Yes. Yeah, he became a multimillionaire because he got the uh, Porsche and Volkswagen distributorship for the West, for the 11 Western states. Mm-hmm. And um, when they wanted him back, he became a multimillionaire. <laughs> oh, okay. But at any rate, uh, John had come out here and... Uh, he took basic training at Torrey Pines. And uh, when we started to race there, John came out with a Volkswagen, I mean with a uh, Porsche, and he won the race. And then there, there was no Porsches around here. They were all, uh, the, Max Hoffman had the dealership in New York. There were just a few. Mm-hmm. So people asked John, well, what's that car? And uh, he told them all about it, and they said, well, gee, I'd like to have one, a number of them. So he went back to New York and bought another one with his wife, and they drove them back and sold the one and kept on doing that. And finally, they became a Porsche dealership and then the distributorship. So okay. make a long story short about John von Neumann. Okay. Now, Jack McPhee and Vasek Polak were also Porsche uh, dealers and yes. something and racers, correct? Yes. Okay, and they were friends of yours as well. Well, when John got the um, distributorship, the, the distributorship, they were his friends, so he gave them dealerships. Okay. Uh, Vasek was a uh, here in the South Bay. He had a shop, and um, he was an expert on the special Porsche engine, which von Neumann had. So he took care of von Neumann's engines, and von Neumann gave him the dealership in Hermosa Beach. Okay. Then uh, he kept, Vashik kept on and made more money and kept buying dealerships, and I think he became the largest tax player in Hermosa Beach. (laughs) (laughs) He had all kinds of... He had all kinds of dealerships. They were all foreign cars. Uh huh. Anyway, that was Vashik. And Vashik and I were very close friends. We'd have lunch together about once a month. Unfortunately, his wife, Anna, died. And he, um, she died at the uh, Torrance Memorial Hospital. So he established a um, uh, section of the hospital to treat uh, people with, women with breast cancer, because that's what she died of. Okay, that's novel. And then uh, then when Vashik died, he, he gave everything to the Torrance Memorial Hospital, and so there's a big building in back of the hospital, the Vashik, um, or the Polak Imaging Center. Okay. Very large. Anyway, that's the story. Okay. And how about Jack McAfee? He was a pretty well-known race car driver, and was he a good friend of yours as well? Very close. Uh, he he was another one we we had about lunch together about once a month. But I don't know. Jack and I were really were really good friends, and um, we had some adventures together. I guess. Okay. Did you ever race any Porsches with? Since you were good friends with those guys, did you? Uh, no. No. Just British cars. No. Pardon me. Just British cars. Uh, well, I had the uh, the first car I raced. Actually, uh, the first car I raced was at Palm Springs, and I had borrowed an MG okay. from a neighbor. And in those days, you just, you know, you got in the car and you raced it. Put on a helmet. I got a surplus helmet, air core helmet from a surplus store. <laughs> and I was, that was the only thing I had. I put in a uh, seat belt, and I, my rest of the uniform was a t-shirt and blue jeans <laughs> okay so anyway so that was the first time i raced and uh, they had a um, a preliminary race for people who was it was the first time it wasn't a race that they they led the cars around the track and then about three times and then let them go uh-huh. but um i had started and when i got to the first turn the right-hand door went, swung open, 
and I couldn't reach it to latch it. So I got out of the, I parked it close to the edge and got out of the car and latched the uh, the door, the door, and then I got back in. This was at the Palm Springs Airport, and the back stretch of the airport was the was the runway. Uh huh. So um, I got uh, around, and then I'm in the back straight, and nobody else was there. So I kept going, put my foot down, and going as fast as I could, and going and going and going, and pretty soon there were airplanes there and people waving at me. (laughs) I had missed the right-hand turn to get back on the course. So anyway, that was my first experience. Okay, so you were basically on the airway, on the tarmac is what you were doing, right? Uh, well, we raced on tarmac and sometimes on cement. We we, we didn't have any race courses uh, until um, uh, out here. Mm-hmm. I mean, dedicated race courses until um, my friend Jim Peterson built uh, Riverside. Okay. What year so, was... Uh, and otherwise, we, we raced on airports or roads. Uh, Torrey Pines was a the roads that the Army had built. Mm-hmm. So, we, uh, you know, it, each course was maybe two or three or sometimes more miles. So uh, the first one at um, Monterey was at, uh, was in the... In the uh, Forest. Pebble Beach, you know, in the private area there where there's a lot of houses and, car- and roads and everything. Right. So... The, yeah. the Del Monte So uh, we raced there until ni- 1956 when Ernie McAfee was killed. He was another friend. And I saw it because I was out there taking pictures, and I just got back in my car and drove home. I was so upset. But anyway, so the, the city fathers uh, uh, got, a, got the Army. The uh, Fort Ord at that time was a very large... Uh, base. I had been there, served there one time. At any rate, uh, there was a way, a lot of land out out back of the fort, which they used to, you know, with tanks and uh, and things like that, and um, training. So there was a uh, the, the uh, people in Monterey, the merchants, because they had made a lot of money when. Um, when there were races at Pebble Beach. So they got together and persuaded the Army to let them build a racetrack on the property out there. So that's Laguna Seca. Anyway, that's that story. (laughs) Okay. How far north? What about uh, Sears Point? Did you ever race up there at Sears Point in Sonoma County? Yes. I I raced there when I was, uh, I had a short time that I raced vintage. Okay. And I raced there, and I raced at Pebble Beach, and uh, I I, uh, I I decided I didn't want a vintage race anymore. The the other vintage racers, I thought it was a thing to show off the vintage cars, and the other, there's other vintage racers. They think it's a serious race. <laughs> they go out there and really try to race. <laughs> so what kind of car? I, 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 Thought it was kind of silly. They didn't even know who Sterling Moss was. So, oh, which uh, so, and didn't care. And didn't care. Okay. So they thought they were racing. They still do. Yeah, it's gotten to be a serious sport, hasn't it? Well, I guess it's serious. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so when you vi- when you vintage race, what kind of car did you vintage race? Uh, had an us. Austin Haley? Oh, I've forgotten. You forgot? It was a little uh, Italian car, you know, the uh, name Italian. For, well, Ferrari. popular one. Ferraris, huh? Maseratis. No, no, no. It was a production car. Alfa Romeo? Yeah. A little Alfa Romeo. Okay. little. That's a fun little car. What'd you have? Like a little GTV or something like that? Pardon me? Did you have like a little GTV or something like that? Alfa GTV? Is that what you raced? A little Julia? No. That was the only car I raced was the um, was the uh, Alpha. Alpha, okay. Yeah, but I only did it for I think a year. Okay. And then I decided, well, this is silly. Why should I put myself uh, 
at risk for these other guys and you know what happened something happened to me and what about my family right <laughs> okay well art yeah. art we are just about up against the clock we're almost out of time now if people want to find out okay. a little bit about your books and how to get a hold of some of your books how do they go about doing it how did you do it well i cheated because i had oscar tell me how to get a hold of you see so but but not everybody has oscar's telephone number so you're gonna have to tell everybody to go online and well, go a lot of them are on amazon okay they're on amazon that's good and, and uh yeah well i mean i guess that's the easiest thing to do is amazon so they just google your name art evans right or uh yeah and then you'll yeah well you got to select books books okay you know and then then put in uh, Art Evans. You'll be on Amazon then. Okay. And you get on Amazon, select books. Okay. How would that work? And then when books comes up, select my name, okay. Art Evans. Okay. Okay. Very good. Well, Art, I want to thank you very much for coming on Nostalgic Radio Cars and sharing some stories with it. It was great having you on the show. And uh, next time I'm out, I'm out at California, if you're up at Laguna Seca, you know, maybe we'll get a chance and we'll, we'll meet and we'll talk a little bit. So, uh, but I later... don't go there anymore. <laughs> okay. All After right. they kicked my friend Steve Earl out, I won't go. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, now you're anyway, going to have I got more stories. I got a lot of stories about Shelby. Okay. Well, I'll tell I've you written what. three books about him. Okay, well, I'll tell you what, Art, what we'll do is we'll have you come on the show again sometime, and we'll, and, uh, we'll have you tell some stories about uh, Carol Shelby. But Shelby. right now, but well, in Carol, the meantime, look at the three books that I wrote about Shelby. Okay. All right, Art, we're out of time, so I want to thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye, Take care. All right. Anyway, hey, guys, thanks for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio Cards. Don't forget to tell your friends to tune in every Tuesday night for the most legendary, fascinating names in motorsports here on the Tad Talk Radio Network and at 1410 WQBQ, the voice of Lake County. We'll see you some of the car shows. In the meantime, everybody stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. I don't mean to be telling tales out of school, but there's a fella in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. Downtown Day. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. They broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater. FM 106.1. WTCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills. FM 104.3. Listen. Listen.